Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Donald, the most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. I'm Steve Cypress, here with my co-host, Everett Farnell. Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump Podcast. Steve Cypress here with my co-host, Everett Farnell. Welcome to this huge, fantastic, tremendously excellent episode. It is going to be one of the biggest episodes that we've ever done on the biggest podcast on the Internet today. However, just to make sure that we don't say anything completely stupid and alienate everybody on this podcast, I'm going to read the entire podcast off a teleprompter, and I'm going to read it fairly poorly, but at least that's going to stop me from saying things off the cuff that are incredibly stupid and damaging. So you're going to play Obama in this podcast, and I'm going to play Trump. Yeah, I mean, well, that's my whole point. I mean, this is not today's episode, but, you know, we're recording this here in early June where he's just gone through this firestorm of, you know, some judge, because he's from Indiana, he's treating me unfairly on some lawsuit that has nothing to do with running for president, blah, 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 whatever the heck, he's gone off the deep end here. But in reality, that's why Obama or anyone else, that's what they talk about when they appoint judges. Oh, we need some diversity of background and different opinions and different viewpoints. And then when Trump comes out, and goes, hey, he's got a different viewpoint. Suddenly, he's a racist. It's awful. And uh, anyway, that's uh, that's Trump. But uh, today, we promise to talk about how Trump finds the hidden money in his business and in his campaigning and how he finds hidden voters and how every business owner can find the hidden money in their business. So I know there's a great example recently, Everett, uh, we like to talk about it, of how Trump has found all this hidden money to do all kinds of great things with. Well, oh yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the big thing is that the thing that came to mind was when I heard him say, uh, he's been talking about how he's going to pay off the national debt. And not, not the deficit, not make up the deficit, pay off the debt. You know, like $17 trillion or whatever it is, $20 trillion, whatever it is it's now. It's going to be like almost 20 by the time he gets it off. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Ah, what, and, $3 trillion, $17, Yeah, yeah, 17 yeah. <laughs> We're well, so numb to it. We're so, that's, but that's the point. We don't even know the dollars. We're so numb to trillions of dollars of debt. We're not even getting anything for it. And we're servicing the debt. Anyone that's ever had a credit card bill or a, or a mortgage, anyone ever you know, signed for a mortgage when you bought a house and it said, oh, the, the house will cost you 300 and the mortgage interest will be another 650 It's like, whoa, right, racking right, up yeah. trillions of dollars worth of debt, not actually fantastically a great thing for the future of the country company, the country, or the yeah, people. Yeah, not a in. good idea. Not no, good and idea. yet the last two presidents in a row, I mean, we've had 16 straight years of just spend, 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 rack up the debt. Well, there's a reason for that. I mean, there's there's actually a logical reason for that. Um, what happens when you're when you're running all this debt is that it, uh, larger and larger portion, uh, you have to borrow more and more money to continue doing everything that you're doing and service the debt. So right now we're borrowing to pay the interest is, is really what the bottom line is. So sure. Once you hit that point, then your debt starts growing exponentially. So instead of growing a little bit, it, it, you know, a little bit at a time every year to, to cover the deficit, it all of a sudden starts growing exponentially because sure. so Trump all has of come out and said, "I'm going to erase the last 16 years of running up more debt than any person, nation, anything could ever imagine in the history of mankind." He's going to pay it off, and he found some hidden money to do that. What did he find? He found. 
$50 trillion of oil reserves on U.S. government-owned property. Black so, gold. Black gold. Texas, Texas tea. tea. <laughs> so he says, uh, he says, who knew it? We are loaded. We, who, who knew? Now we got all this dough. We're loaded. And Drill, baby, drill. Go. Yes, yes, indeed. I mean, that ought to make the conservatives happy. That's a, that's a conservative thing. You're going to have Sarah Palin and everyone else coming out with the drill, baby, drill. Well, she's been supporting him for a while, hasn't she? Well, yeah, but, but now uh, she has a, her pet phrase to be using for Trump. So he <laughs> has found this hidden money. So, in other words, uh, lots of people could talk about, oh, there's these oil reserves, but immediately Trump, as a business person, that's where his mind goes to. Hey, wait a minute. That means if we do X, if we drill, if we get that oil, we can solve a, a fiscal financial problem. Why? I mean, that's X, Y. That's how a business owner thinks. And that's right. pretty much probably the one of the only reasons that Trump is, is, is won the nomination. Like, this country's economy is in a disaster, and if there's any hope at all, people are, at least Republicans, or the majority of them are putting their hope into a guy who has a business background, a guy who makes a living, makes a career out of finding hidden money to solve problems. And that's what we're suggesting that all business owners should do. So what we're suggesting, ever let me get this straight, you're suggesting that every small business owner should immediately drill in their backyard behind their office and strike oil. Uh, it's it's the acres of diamonds story that uh -huh. you know and, and and exactly it's a, it, you're you're you absolutely positively in your business if you have a functioning business if you have a running business and uh, you know and you're making money and I'm not talking about making loads of money but you actually are turning a profit enough to live off of you have far more money in that business than you have any idea with now uh, b business owners who have listened to you Steve for years and uh, who have studied marketing at all their first thought is going to be well yeah there's more there's there's the list, and indeed the list is is part of it, but it's not just the list. Um, as a matter of fact, there's a five-step formula that I've derived from a, uh, from a three-step formula Jay Abraham talks about, and the list is right, one on, of the five steps. Me here. You're killing me with craziness here. So, okay. we, first of all, we're not, maybe not every listener to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, because we haven't talked about having a list of customers, of prospects, of present customers, of past customers, of people, of uh, leads, of just referral people you think have done nothing with you they just called for an estimate and hung up like any list that you have that you just think oh, well you know i need more leads i need to place more ads and get new customers that is a source of hidden gold in your business get out your list of people that used to do business with you or are doing business with you or ever called up for anything and figure out a way to offer them something that they are going to take you up on and bang there's money there you but go on the other hand there's these other methods you're talking about of finding hidden gold in your business, hidden money. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the list is one of them. But here's the beautiful thing. A lot of, a lot of business owners might not have a list. I, I know that's sacrilege. And and you might be shocked to hear it, but but a lot of business owners actually don't keep don't don't keep well, records on Well, my experience of helping thousands of business owners over almost four decades now, uh, actually a, a low percentage of business owners have a list. Of, again, of, you know, let's take a uh, a plumber. Somebody calls up and says, "I'm calling around for estimates," and they give them their estimate, and they hang up, and that's it. They don't know who called them. They don't know. They don't have any list of who that person is, how to get back in touch with them, if they place an ad, 
ad. They might have, you know, 10,000 people read that newspaper and saw that ad. They only got 10 calls, and only three of those calls even asked for an estimate. The other seven calls and the other 9,900 people that read the ad, they don't have any idea who they are. In fact, my most famous egregious um, mistake of not building a list came from when someone contacted me who was very prominently on a radio talk show in a big city when I was in Chicago for years, and new management came in and didn't like him or he said something or whatever, and he's out after decades of being wildly popular. And I was like, uh, no problem, you're wildly popular. All we got to do is get in contact with your fans and tell them something. Like, don't they want to subscribe to your new audio series coming out or let them know about your pod, you know, uh, there yeah. no pod- podcast or internet radio or whatever. And he was mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, no, I have no list of anybody. Like, ouch! At, like, at the that's same just time, so common. At the same time, now with the age of social media, I know another guy who's a personality, same kind of story. He's a personality um, with a media company. Now, it wasn't radio. It was a different type of media company. But he's a personality with them. He leaves. He and the media company end up wrestling over his Twitter account. They say they own it because a lot of the followers came from their media. He said, no, I own it because it's my Twitter account. Um, and... Uh, but that was his list, right? Well, another big mistake is people that depend on a third party. They say, I have, like I have, 30-something thousand followers on Twitter. But those aren't, like you just mentioned, those aren't my followers. They're t- on Twitter. i got to take them off of there and get them on to a mailing list or an email list or a text message or some kind of list where they're mine. You know, people say I have thousands of followers on Facebook. Well, that means Mark Zucker has your list of fo- thousands of followers. You've got to right. get them off of there and onto your own list. So first, well, you got to build your own list, but if you build your own list on top of somebody else's platform, like the radio station host or like the guy with the business Twitter account or whatever, you've got to get them off of there. All right, 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 but at least you have access to them. My point was that this guy, maybe, this media guy... Maybe. I mean, I thought I had a, what, Facebook has never shut off an account? Twitter can't uh, (laughs) shut down tomorrow or shut down your page because somebody hacked in and retweeted something about ISIS? I mean, you know, man, no, you don't. You don't even access. You might not have tomorrow. Like, that's the point of today's episode. We're here to tell you that building a list is one of the ways to uh, have a, a mine, a gold mine of future gold. You've got to get that list under your control. Right, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk other than the list, which we need to build. We need to keep at, try, keep contact with the list. We need to send newsletters to the list. And I know everybody just winced, but right. At, uh, but well, you right, because it's pre-done. more than just, you know the saying the money is in the list. But uh, all smart marketers know the money is in the relationship with the list. Exactly, and that and means you can't, you can't just go, go out. We're list. not talking about going out and paying money and just buying a list of emails and thinking I'll just send out emails and they'll become my customers. It's your own email list that you send good content to on a regular basis that you let them get to know you, like you, trust you, you build that relationship with them. Now that is a valuable list. Exactly, exactly. So, but there's four other ways to exponentially. I'm ready uh, uh, to exponentially build your business. When you work together, they become exponential. Now, anybody who studied Jay Abraham knows Jay Abraham's formula: more sales, higher ticket items, and frequency. So the list is built around frequency. You build a relationship, and they do business with you more often. So if you if you communicate with the list, then you have more of a chance to do business with him with them. 
But how do you get to more sales? Well, there's two ways to get to more sales. You can drive more leads into your business, or you can increase the closing rate at which you are closing your leads. Or you can do both, right? So you're closing leads at one out of 10 people come in, and you're driving 100 people a day, you're making 10 sales a day. Well, now we're going to drive 150 people a day. Now you're making 15 sales a day, you just made more money. Or we're driving 100 people a day, and we're closing 10%, but now we're going to close 15% because we're going to test and tweak, and we're going to polish up the presentation, and we're going to get all your people on board about how to say and what to say and when to say. And now all of a sudden you're closing 15, and uh, uh, and uh, you know, and, and you you're still driving the 10 people. Our partner is still driving so I will 100 people. That way, I will choose increasing your conversion ratio and your number of prospects. I like that. right. So now that now that's the other way is increase it to 150 prospects and increase it to 15 uh, 15%. And now you're closing 22 and a half percent. Or pardon me, now you're closing 22 and a half sales per day. So you have increased your leads by a little bit and you have increased your closing rate by a little bit and you have more than doubled your the number of uh, uh, the number of sales that you're making okay, on a so daily basis. Okay, so real simple for the listeners. How does this translate to the hidden money in the business? Well, let's get to that for a second. So, let, so, so the hidden money in the business is um, uh, 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 number one. You're letting a lot of money walk out the door. Okay, um, you got to get in. You got to talk with your people. You got to train your people. Now, I know this is oh God, nobody wants to train the people. I understand. I get it. I don't like training people either, but you've got to train your people because you're leaving money on the table. You're letting money walk out of the door and walk down the street, and maybe that person never does anything with that money. Maybe they blow it at the bar. Maybe they go to the competitor and give it to their competitor. Whatever, Give it to your competitor. Whatever they're doing with it, they're not giving it to you. So simply by getting a little more professional about your customer interactions, you immediately start to uh, start to uncover hidden money in your business without spending another penny. So you start putting scripts in place. So you understand that customer service is marketing, not customer service is customer service and sales is sales and marketing is marketing. Customer service and marketing and sales all serve the same function. Get more Got money it. in so the So that's where every time somebody calls, even if they call to make a complaint, that's a sales opportunity. You can turn that around and turn them into a raving fan and a very often the customer who had a complaint and you solved the problem are more of a raving fan than someone who never had a problem in the first place. Absolutely. And not, and not only that, once they're a raving fan again, you sell them something else. You're on the well, phone. Well, I'm just saying, we might all have done that. We <laughs> might have all had a problem and then we'll tell people, hey, Everett, you know, I went to this store and they had a problem. You know, this thing was no good. I took it back and it was amazing. No questions right. asked. They took it right back. They, they even gave me something more and a free gift and they wanted to keep me like this place is great. So right. even though it's a customer service call, I love what you're teaching here like that is hidden gold that is not simply oh that's an irate customer get rid of them as quick as possible and you know what a problem that is that's an opportunity right there that's hidden gold now we're not saying i hope ever you're not suggesting that we go out and purposely provide less than satisfactory products or service so that we cause complaints and therefore you know hey all the listeners are doing that now hey steven ever told me this is what i gotta do 
provide inferior products or service, and then the good news is everyone complains, and I get to turn that around. That's a hidden opportunity, you see, so I'm going to start providing really crappy service. No, I'm certainly not suggesting that, but I'll tell you where I learned this. Um, it was in my college job. I was working for a Domino's Pizza, and uh, it was at a time when Domino's sold off a ton of stores to pay a tax debt, and they sold them off real cheap. Um, so at the time, you have a uh, if you had a free pizza, so you know for whatever reason it was free. That was like last out because we got it. We, this is when they still did thirty minutes or less. So that that dates me a little bit. My college job uh, way back when, decades ago, but. Here was the thing. The guy who bought the stores, I was at one of the stores that, that Domino's sold. The guy who bought one of the, the whole block of stores um, changed the rule. The free pizza was the first one to go out the door. And everybody was kind of like, well, but we got these people and they're paying. If we're late, $3 off and we don't want to do the $3 off. And, and he said, listen, there's two reasons why people get a free pizza out of the store. The first reason is because we screwed up. And the last thing we want to do is deliver a cold, nasty pizza the second time when we offered to give it to them for free. The other reason is because they just moved into the area and they got a free coupon as a new mover coupon. And the last thing you want to do with your first interaction with the customer is show up with a cold, nasty pizza because it happened to be for free. So free pizzas are the first to go out, not the last. And uh, and and the guy in all of the stores within a year, I like quintupled the, the sales for every store that he bought. Uh, it, obviously, that wasn't the only thing he did, but just to give you an idea of where his mentality was. Um, Brilliant. I love it. What's another way to find hidden gold in your business? Well, you upsell them. So how many how many business owners have you worked with that does not that do not have the platinum or the gold version or the titanium version or the well, or the, the VIP many version? Years of leaving lots of money on the table. That was me. Uh, I didn't realize okay. so much later when somebody was like, "Hey, what was your upsell?" And I was like, "What?" And they were like, "Man, somebody who buys something might want to buy. I mean, like an airplane. Hey, do you want an upgrade to business class, first class? Do you want to uh, be faster online, uh, get more?" miles, uh, you get more leg room, I mean, you get, check another bag, I mean, you get so many upsells when you go on to to purchase a ticket, like, that's mm -hmm. how people make money. Absolutely. So, upsells are a big one, and the and other one is... you want prize with that? Sell. That's a simple upsell. I love it. Do you know how many how many billions of dollars have been sold in the fast food industry with, would you like fries with that? I predict and I couldn't possibly count. I know that Subway that broke even on $5 footlongs for years, but made a killing on chips and a drink. Absolutely. Now that they got you in front of them and it cost the amount of cost them five bucks to make the sub and do the advertising to get you to that cash register. And now they ask everybody chips and a drink and whoever says yes, they're given a three cent drink and a five cent bag of chips for a dollar fifty and they're laughing all the way to the bank. Absolutely. Absolutely no question about it. Um, as a matter of fact, I used to say years ago, I worked in the fast food industry. I told you I used to deliver pizzas. The best thing in the world they could do is have a day where they sold nothing but sodas. Just cars lined up, but nobody wanted anything but anything but fries and sodas. Um, they'd, they'd have made more money than you could shake a stick at. Yeah, that's money. So, the other one is cross-sells. So upsells and cross-sells. So what, what's the difference? An upsell is like you said, would you like, you have your plane ticket, would you like to go to first class, right? Right, or would you like to supersize it, or would you like uh, fries exactly. with that? Or in a restaurant, anyone that's ever owned a restaurant knows you get your waiters to sell more desserts. Exactly. Like that's so, the upsell. Those are all upsells. A cross-sell is something related, something you're buying a widget. Obviously, you're interested in that sort of thing, so now we're going to try to sell you a different widget 
that's related. So uh, uh, where so I'm this buying is a, a, uh, a beauty salon that also has tanning beds and exactly. also sells uh, conditioner shampoo. and shampoo and uh, brushes and and anything uh, lipstick. And, and anything related to beauty. Exactly. That's exactly right. So so the upsell is, would you like the super or better of what you're buying? service with uh, with your haircut? And on the way out the door, they cross-sell you with a bottle of shampoo and conditioner. and Right, or a massage. Out. You came in you know, for exactly. a haircut, and we also have our spa. Exactly. So that's how you get higher tickets. So when you start making small moves in this stuff, and these are it, it doesn't take much. I mean, you'd be surprised how much a, and I haven't run the numbers in a while. I can do it real quick while we're talking, but you'd be surprised what, what huge difference this makes with very, very small changes. In other words, to double your sales, you don't need to do anywhere near double in any of these. You just need to add, uh, uh, add a little bit in each one. So uh, let's say the Average tickets a hundred dollars and frequency is once a year. Now the list once again goes back to frequency. So now if you have a business and you do, uh, you get a hundred leads in the door a day and you sell ten percent of them and you sell them a hundred dollar ticket price and you have no upsells and they do business with you once a year, then you're going to do one hundred times one times one hundred. That's a thousand times. Say you're open six days a week. So now you're going to do $312,000 a year in business. Now watch what happens when you just make small changes. So I'm going to drive 10% more leads. I'm going to close, let's say we change the closing rate to 13%. Not a massive change. We're not talking about doubling or tripling the closing rate. Let's say we upsell the person. We upsell an extra one out of 10. We upsell for another $100. So we're going to take take our average ticket and we're going to change it to 110. But we're also going to add a cross sell in. And for every person that comes through the door, we're going to add another $15. So understand not everybody spends $15, but it's a $150 cross sell and one out of 10 people takes it, right? I mean, these are very conservative numbers. And then instead of doing business with you once a year, you're going to stay in touch with your customers and they're going to, the average customer is going to do business with you one and a half times per year. So would you agree to, with me, Steve, that those are relatively conservative numbers? Sure. Depending on what you do, of course, they could be a lot higher than that. It could be lower, but that sounds good. Okay. Well, I mean, we're just, we're, we're talking about a hypothetical widget business here. So, um, well, here's the point. I mean, because we don't want to overburden people with like uh, getting into minutiae details here, but anyone can do the math. If you increase just yes. a tiny bit in all these areas, there's an exponential increase, and it all comes from starting with having the thought in mind every day waking up and say, how can I find more hidden money in my business? By now, the Trump way, is doing that. We mentioned one example with the, oh, we, there's some oil reserves. Well, that'll pay off the debt. But look how he's finding the hidden voters in his entire campaign. He's now that uh, we're recording this as of Hillary just finally, officially, or whatever you want to call it, winning the nomination, whatever, even though Bernie won't quit, Trump comes right out and says, hey, Bernie supporters, you're welcome here. Like, he is finding hidden voters to vote Republican that no other Republican in recent memory, even they keep talking about Reagan, but even Reagan included, never went after socialists to vote for. <laughs> I mean, Don, Trump is always looking for how can I attract someone to my business or to my campaign that nobody else would even think of even trying to attract. Absolutely. There's no question about it. Steve, just, just so you know, the total with the adjusted numbers comes to $836,000 a year. So from 312 to 836 with minor moves. So um, 
we'll uh, we'll drop that. I understand we don't want to uh, we don't want to confuse. Well, but people. now that you mention it that way, that's good. I, I yeah. didn't want to. I glazed over it all the figuring it took to figure it out, but the final number of you can more than double your revenue with some slight Almost changes. Triple. And again, it's not we're not here to you know. I mean, you can call us and we'll we'll help you out with the changes in particular. But we're just here, and we only have a and we're done for today. But we want to just get you to open your mind and start thinking this way. Understand that this is one way that Donald Trump thinks every day when he wakes up. In business, he's a real estate developer. He's always looking for some undervalued asset that he can turn into. And, he, and if, you, if you study him or read his stuff, you'll see that he'll tell you he is scouting some properties for decades. He's been looking at these for decades, waiting for it to come on the market, watching it switch hands, waiting for things to happen nearby that he sees are happening in other developments and, and other things going on in the, in the neighborhood and in the communities to pounce on a deal when it strikes but he's always looking for what's the next thing to get into. And you want to be doing that in your business. You don't want to get lazy and think, you know, this is the way it is because there were 17 or 16 other Republican candidates all more qualified than Donald Trump to do anything in politics. And all they thought of, like, this is what you do when you're a Republican. This is who you talk to. This is who you attract. This is who votes for you. This is the way it is. Trump comes blasting in and goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to get so more people that you're not even thinking about. We want you to open your mind and start to think that way in your business. Right. How? Where? What can you change about what you're doing? This goes back to one of the previous episodes. What can you change about what you're doing? What can you do to break the rules in your business so that you can crack open the acres of diamond, you know, the black gold that's sitting in your backyard right now, and you just don't, you, you don't even know it's there? Well, I love it. It's a great way to end it because you just did a callback to last week's episode about how you break all the rules. Today we talked about finding the hidden money in your business. And next week, join us again on the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. We're going to talk about how Trump is so excellent at creating affinity, creating a feeling in his followers of like he's one of us. He's just like us and how every business owner can do the same thing to explode their revenue and profits. So with that, we're going to bring to a close another fantastic, terrific, unbelievably, excellently, unbelievable, fantastic episode (laughs) of the greatest podcast ever conceived by mankind. We're making podcasting great again. You're going to be proud of your podcasters. I'm going to be your champion podcaster. It's going to be a fantastic, excellent episode. We will easily trounce every other podcast that ever has been created or will be created. (laughs) Well, I'm not even going to try to follow that. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure you go listen to the rest of the episodes by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time. Unless you like being a loser, some people do, I guess.